Welcome, bienvenidos, bienvenuti. I'm Nick Finelli, the producer and host of the Charlotte FC podcast. Today we have Khaled Ali, the professional esports player representing Charlotte FC in EMLS for the past two seasons. On this episode, we talk about EMLS, the gamer mindset, and the connections between the sport on the screen versus the sport on the pitch. I really hope you enjoy it. It's time for the Charlotte FC podcast. Welcome to the Charlotte FC podcast. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be here. Thanks again for doing this. Like, like I said earlier, I, I've been wanting to talk to you since the inaugural season last year. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, my name is Khaled Ali. I am 26 years old. Uh, currently live in North Carolina, obviously. Um, I represent Charlotte FC on the eSport basis. So nothing on the pitch, but we do everything virtual. I am a North Carolina State University graduate. For those who are familiar with it, go Wolfpack. Uh, for those who aren't, it's uh, it's one of the uh, the nicer, I guess I would say, uh, universities in North Carolina. Oh, you're gonna get some feedback on that one. I'm gonna get feedback for that. Yeah, I know uh, from the UNC and and Duke fans, but um, yeah, I uh, graduated uh, 2020, I believe it was. Yeah, COVID year. <laughs> graduated COVID year. Um, been playing FIFA for as long as I can remember. Uh, got a big passion for the game and um, saw an opportunity with Charlotte. Uh, I like Charlotte. They like me. And here we are. It's year two. Year two and running. Yeah. So let's kind of back up and start like how you actually got into this. Can you kind of share your journey of how your work in in playing FIFA as a, as a game uh, got you to Charlotte FC as being like their player and kind of explain how that works? FIFA and Charlotte, basically for me, uh, simply put, I've been playing, I guess you could say, virtual soccer games for as long as I can remember. Obviously, huge soccer slash football fan. Also, don't want to get roasted by people saying it's not soccer, it's football. I know. Uh, I lived in, I lived overseas for six years. We never called it soccer anyway. So um, we used to, I used to play like uh, Pro Evolution Soccer with my friends and FIFA as well. Uh, something that we used to do kind of on a regular. And there's always that, you know, competitive aspect of oh you can beat can you beat me can you beat me blah blah and you know trying to see who you know the best one in the group is at a certain um at the game at least and uh, that was kind of like this not the spark but kind of what kept my fingers warm at a young age per se uh came back to uh north carolina to obviously finish um you know go to college finish my uh finish my education um and i used to play fifa on the side with my friends and then fifa introduced uh this uh, game mode called foot champs which is basically like um a set of games that you play on a weekend uh depending on how many wins you get out of 40 games it was at the time which is crazy to think about it i used to play that that much but uh, depending on what you rank uh it kind of puts you you get like certain rewards and whatever it was for fun um and then slowly as like the year progressed and this was fifa 17 i kind of realized that i was you know 
a little better than the average player, I would say. I wouldn't say I was like, you know, crazy at FIFA, but I didn't play it as much as as a lot of people did and felt like I was kind of like, you know, not upper tier, but a step above the people who were around me at least. And FIFA 18 came around and, you know, slowly you saw my, I saw at least my results improving a little bit more. But the year for me that kind of was like the, not to make it or break it, but the year that kind of like pushed it was when we sat at home, we started playing FIFA during COVID. And, you know, during that time when everything was locked down, they're like, oh, no more coming back to schools and all that. Kind of played FIFA a lot more, started learning the mechanics more, which is a big thing in video games, at least. I know for the casual, it's just if you're, as a casual, like player of any game that you play, you just play the game for fun. But when you get into that kind of like that, the competitive aspect of things, you kind of want to know. I guess, how things work or how the system works. That way you have, you always have that edge over your opponent when you play the game. So yeah, during COVID, I spent a lot of time, you know, friendly, playing friendlies basically with my friends, playing a lot of FIFA, there's a lot of time to kill. And I think it was FIFA, it was that year that I had my best year competing in terms of um, the EA, I guess, tournaments that, that they were. I finished the year top, I think it was like 15 in America, top 20 in North America, compared to FIFA 19, where it was just, you know, uh, I guess we would say showing face in the tournaments, kind of seeing like what other, like what are the top FIFA players in America, like where their skill was. And yeah, I do. It, it was tough because when you when you play the game casually, even with your friends, for the people who just play for, for fun, and then you play these guys that are really really good at the game, we're like, holy crap! There's like a there's actually like this this gap between right. the casual and let's say the sweat uh, is a term that we would use a sweat at the time is what I would call myself. And then the pros realize that there really is a difference in why these guys are good at what they do. But yeah, FIFA 20 for me, uh, FIFA 21, it was in the year 2020. Um, I started off the year pretty slow and then I just, it was qualifier after qualifier. I was just, you know, these are EA licensed qualifier. Obviously they're all online, nothing in person. Do you pay to get into those? No, you basically registration for it is free. You just have to have a certain rank to be eligible to compete in them. Uh, I'm trying to remember in FIFA 21 how their rank system worked. Ah, yeah, it was it was basically a foot champions, which is the weekend thing. Yeah. They dumbed it down from 40 to 30 games, thank God. And now nowadays it's 20 games, which is a lot more doable for I would say not only myself, but for everyone who is even trying to like you know play FIFA or think that they're you know they have what it takes to go to the next level. Playing 20 games a week and now was a lot easier than playing 40 back then. A healthier too. A lot healthier. Uh, it was 30 games in FIFA 21 and you had to get, I think it was 27 out of 30. So it was 27 wins out of 30 before December. So the game usually releases in September. You had to get, but uh, you had to get 27 wins out of 30. So basically you can only afford to lose three games. And if you got that between the period of when the game releases, which is usually late September and December, I think it was 25th, like around Christmas was the cutoff. You would receive an invitation from EA with a link to basically register to be part of their global series in terms which you play the qualifiers, depending how many they have during the year you play them. But yeah, that basically, that's what it was. You get 27 out of 30, you're a verified player, which is the term that they use at the time. And the term that we still, uh, is, do we still use it now? Not really. Uh, now it's just a rank system. But yeah, yeah, you get this invitation, you sign up for it, and you basically get to, you get the opportunity to put your, you know, your skills to the test. You talk all that talk and now you got to back it up. Um, so in FIFA, yeah. FIFA 21, that's that kind of like, obviously, because obviously I say FIFA 21, the year 2020, moving into 2021, I think is, is, is what we properly say. But yeah, no, I just, I, I think it, the, the COVID period was the period where I really like sat there and I was like, yeah, I'm, I think, I think, you know, I think I have what it takes to, you know, push myself, you know, a step further, especially when you have, I would say all that play time and all that free time. And, you know, they're not, you know, people, I can get as much smack as I want for it, but at the time there was no, 
there was nobody working. There was nobody like I was still right. in school. So for me, it was like, it was like, you know, you, you play fun and, you know, slowly but surely I was like, okay, I got to start learning this. I got to start learning that. And you kind of like add to your skill set. Um, that's typically how it goes. Well, what did you get your degree in at NC State? Uh, I studied biochemistry. So okay. I have a degree in biochemistry from uh, state. Um, currently right now I work in a pharma company called uh, CSL Securis. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but basically yeah. work in the influenza vaccine industry, okay. uh, research manufacturing of the influenza vaccine. And um, it's been, it's been fun, obviously, but you know, I've, I've, I'd like to hopefully even not, not even like, I know at some point age will catch up to me in terms of how fast I can move my fingers to play the game. But right. you like to be a full-time player, huh? Not necessarily a full-time player. I know it's, I, I wish, sometimes I wish EA was like more and I'm not like obviously bashing them, but I wish they were more like, you know, a Fortnite or a call of duty, for example, where the prize pools and the tournaments that you play in are like crazy numbers compared oh, yeah. to what, what we deal with. Like sometimes you sit there and you're like, wow, EA is a billion dollar company. Why is the prize pool so small for these tournaments? And mm-hmm. it pisses us off as players, especially when, you know, you have this, I would say like talent or skill set where you could do something like, you know, nice with it, but you know, the money is not like Fortnite and, and Call of Duty where it's like, oh, right. my God. Um, right. And they're packing stadiums with people watching that kind of stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Esports is I know a lot of uh, I don't want to say old heads because it pisses a lot of people off. But a lot of like the older generation, even my dad, my dad be like when I first time with Charlotte, he was like, wait, so you're you play FIFA and like you profit from this. And I was like, yeah, dad, I, I do. And he's like, how? I was like, I don't know. It's It's the world we live in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. It's crazy to think of it. Like if you look at how much, uh, I guess, gaming in general has grown in the past five or six years. And I think COVID gave that big boost as well, where mm-hmm. um, during that period where everyone was kind of like shut down, locked out, a lot more people started playing video games. A lot of people got, a lot of people got better at the video games that they're playing in. So once everything came back to, I would, I want to say normal, but once the, these tournaments for like, you know, Fortnite, uh, FIFA, et cetera, came back, you saw these crazy prize pools. Like I remember Fortnite in their first tournament, kid became a millionaire off of winning it. So right. like people look at it like, oh, don't waste your time playing games. But if you're true and honest with yourself and you know that you have the skill set, that's, I would say, not even above average, but in that top 1%, that top, top tier, not even right. 1%, I would say like 0.1%, right. then yeah, you take your opportunity and you do what you can with it. That's awesome. So so you said you grew up kind of a fan of soccer, football. So what what was your what was your interest in the non gaming side of it? So I played uh, like I played obviously like you know for fun and um, I guess on a regular a regular basis when I was in Jordan, which is the Middle East. Uh, pretty much every single year I've been there, and that was kind of like when I started like playing footy per se. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back here. Um, I had issues basically getting uh, registered as a North Carolina resident because you had to be here for more than a year. And I never, I never thought that saving your mail at the time would make sense. But when I tried out for, um, uh, I went to Wake Tech first. When I tried out for Wake Tech, I had to sit down with the coach and everything was like nice. And he's like, yeah, but you know, I can't register you as a player because you're technically an out-of-state student. And I already, we already have like basically our scholarships to these out-of-state positions on the team. And so when that happened, it kind of like, I I wouldn't say left me devastated, but it kind of like broke my heart in terms of like, damn, I still want to play, but I can't play. So I have to sit on the sideline and watch for another year. And obviously I was here supporting myself, going to school. So it was a matter of finding the balance and time playing footy and, you know, studying, working, providing for myself. So 
that was kind of when I started playing FIFA a little bit more is that, you know, in my free time at night when I'm bored, I play FIFA because I'm right. not going to go out at like, you know, 10, 11 p.m. looking for a soccer game when I know nobody's going to be playing soccer at that time. You know, if, if people know North Carolina well, when I came in 2014, 2015, people are usually in bed by 8 p.m. So, yeah, um, yeah that's kind of like where the time, I guess, uh, or the fulfillment, I guess, to playing yeah. soccer came. Did you have like particular teams that you followed or leagues that you followed? Um, at the time when like, for the most part of my, I've been a Real Madrid fan my whole entire life. And that's mainly because my dad studied in Spain. And so the first time I bought soccer with my dad, was a Real Madrid game that kind of was stuck with me. So for the most part, I try to like, even now, like I'll watch the majority of Premier League games, uh, watch the majority of La Liga games, I'll watch the majority. Mm-hmm. I watch some French league here, some here, every single game of the Champions League has to be watched. But in terms of you know, one league specific, it's usually Madrid, obviously, because, you know, I'm yeah. a fan of them. And then as of recently, obviously, uh, Charlotte FC, it was kind of exciting, even like with, with the FIFA thing aside, uh, being able to, you know, watch this club, you know, be introduced into this league. And we have something now in North Carolina, and that's for everyone, whether you live in Raleigh, Charlotte, you know, wherever it is, if you want to watch competitive soccer at the highest level that you can in America, you actually have the opportunity now. So it's exciting for not just myself, everyone who's a fan of soccer in general. Yeah, it's kind of nice to be on the ground floor. So is mm-hmm. FIFA your game? Because I know like with gamers, you kind of have to like focus and be like, all right, this is my game. This is what I'm focusing on. Is that your game? For the most part, yeah. It's 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 90% FIFA and 10% of other things that kind of keep your mind fresh for FIFA. So uh, during uh, during the COVID era, and I, any anybody who games a lot will know uh, Warzone was, Call of Duty at least, was one of the most popular games at the time so it was a mix of call of duty and fifa and then the following years now it's like for example if i feel like i'm getting burnt out from fifa because you have to put a lot of hours into you know maintain that level that you're at and kind of learn the new things that come on etc if i feel like burnt out from the game i'll try to switch to something else like play a little bit of call of duty or play a little bit of um, 2k for example nba um play something else just keep your mind fresh so that when you come back to fifa it doesn't feel like you know a repetitive right. cycle so what system do you play on Typically. uh currently playstation it's always been playstation but right now it's playstation 5 uh it's always been playstation for me never been a fan of xbox okay never <laughs> what 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 makes like a good esports fifa player so you've been in this league you know two years and we'll talk about how that works but like what makes the good players different from the other players uh yeah it have been here two years it's it's actually interesting how things change every single year but uh i think the cream of the crop if you look at players like, let's say, for example, um, like George Adamo or King CJ, these are two, I would say, household names now in the MLS. Um, and they're top players that, you know, seem to always find a way uh, to win games, no matter what the game is or what the style is or et cetera, et cetera. What makes a difference, in my opinion, is uh, one, mentally, and two, your ability to adapt, which I think is the biggest thing in FIFA. Anybody who understands FIFA at that level, at least, will understand that the game isn't the same every single year. The game obviously changes. The mechanics change. Your ability to adapt makes a big difference of what you can do for yourself and your ability to keep your head in games or moments where you feel like, you know, the <laughs> the game is kind of like, you know, against you. I think that's what makes a difference more than anything because there's a lot of talented players in North America. But like, I'm obviously putting myself aside, I'm talking just in a general aspect. A lot of talented players in North America that play the game. And we kind of see that with every single I guess, event that we play and et cetera. And there, you know, there are a few surprises here and here, but 
for the most part, it doesn't matter how good you are. You have to have that ability to adapt to play styles, to the gameplay, to the tasks that you have at hand, to situations that you're thrown into during the game. And, and speaking for myself, like I let myself, I think mentally, I let myself go in our first EMLS event this year, which is very, very, it was upsetting for me because, you know, technically I'm not a rookie anymore. You know, I've been here before. I know what the system is like. And even though I felt like the game was against me, et cetera, et cetera, I had these moments where I needed to sit down with myself and I reflect on it, obviously. But and you had these moments where I sat down with myself and be like, listen, this is, you know, a long way to go. You got to keep your head. You got to stay focused. Even if you lose one, even if you lose two, uh, FIFA is, is, can be cruel at time, but you can find ways to bounce back. And it's a matter of how you process it in your head. Um, and yeah, in the first event that we had this year, it, it went south for me. I don't, and I think it was day one, it was January EMLS one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost my first three games on the bounce. Uh, second game I lost cruelly after I had a one goal lead, gave up two goals in the 75th and the 85th, I think it was. And then my third game, uh, I got battered like three zero and I sat there and I was like, my head was like gone, completely right. gone. I was like, this can't be like, I, cause I know what level I can perform at, but I'm not performing at that level. What am I doing wrong? Trying to fix it game after game. And I ended up not winning a single game that day. And I, I remember I sat down after and I was just looking at like, you know, reviewing my clips and seeing what I've done wrong and what I could have done better. I'm just sitting there like, man, like, what, what was I doing? Like, where, where was my head? How did I not like fix this? And great players adapt in those situations. That's, that's the, that's the thing that like I'm trying to get to at the end of the day. It's like, if you really want to be at that top, 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 you got to find ways, no matter what, whether you lose a game, you need to figure out how to win the next one and the next one and the next one kind of, kind of find that like hot streak. But yeah. Not much different than the, the outdoor playing sport, you know? Yeah. It's, it's cruel, man. It, it can be cruel. Like you gotta, you gotta find a way to bounce back and it's mental. It really is mental. It's uh it's one of those where, especially in a video game, there's a lot of stuff that are not in your control, especially with a video game, but there are a lot of stuff that are in your control. And, and at the end of the day, like even scraping a draw out of a game that you're losing or bouncing back and winning or losing one and, you know, getting the bounce back at least after it's right. things that, you know, set you up mentally. They'll, they'll help you feel good about yourself. It affects the way that you're playing. It affects your decision-making in these games. Cause at this high, high level, you get punished for mistakes. And you mm-hmm. see that obviously in, in the MLS with, with every single team, you can be the most dominant team that can be and holding possession and, and we'll get to the possession with us, but holding possession. But if you're not creating enough chances, you know, you get countered once or twice and you lose the game. It's like, okay, you dominated, but you know, right. now you have to move. Now I have to think about the next game. What can I do different for the next game? What we need to fix and improve. And yeah, it's, it's pretty similar. Yeah. Do you, you have specific gear that you use like solidly, like, Things you're like, okay, I rely on this piece of equipment, peripherals, different gaming um, controllers, certain things you use, your keyboard, different. You controllers, have any- controllers for the most part is because all of our gameplay is on console, so keyboards aren't really a thing okay. for us. The main thing is monitors. I think um, uh, preferably we like, I guess, all FIFA players per se, uh, monitors, gaming monitors, at least 24 inch, uh, 165 Hertz. I think now is the minimum you want to be sitting on with at least one millisecond or under refresh time. Those are kind of the specs that I would go for if I'm, that's what I currently have right now is I have a 0.5 MS, 165 Hertz, uh, gaming monitor. And that's ideal because if you think of it back in the day, we used to play, you know, with your friends, you want to play on the biggest TV possible so you can see the pitch right. and lay back and relax but in these games you can't really you can't really play this game 
laid back. So the monitor kind of puts everything in your peripheral. You right. don't have to turn left, turn right, look at the top of the screen, left screen, everything is in your, you just got to move your eyes instead of moving your whole entire head. Yeah. So yeah, other than that, PlayStation 5 controller, the normal PlayStation 5 controller, I don't like it. Um, for people who know consoles, obviously it changed from the four to the five. The four was much, a little smaller, fit better in the hand. The five is a little bit bulkier. So yeah. it kind of reminds me of the Xbox controller, which is the main reason I hated Xbox. <laughs> so even that, even that for me was, was something that I needed to adapt to. It obviously got introduced last year, but yeah, it's still, still different because a lot of the things that you do in FIFA, at least with the controller, sometimes you need these quick movements. And when the controller is so big and you got to press more than one button at a time, mm-hmm. sometimes your fingers will get jammed up and you can't really like get what you're trying to do pulled off. But right. um, yeah, it's been an adaptation we've been playing around with. Yeah. So when you talked about like being adaptable, so does that mean like when a new version comes out that you're like really trying to almost break down the game to see like, okay, how did they make the advantage here? Like what players based on my style, should I use what type of style did they, you know, cause they can change little things and all of a sudden you're like, wait, this was working fine. And now I can't use these players or do these kind of moves as well. Is, is that kind of what you try to do when you first get a new version? Yeah. So typically the, the, the game of FIFA in general is, uh, is not, I wouldn't say the same for the most part, but they have the same, I think at least the same kind of um, platform per se for the game. They just make these changes throughout the years. Um, and in terms of like adaptations, I'm talking formations, players to yeah. use, tactics, um, you know, all these things go into, go into effect. I remember, I think it was FIFA 21, they released a patch and the game gets patched throughout the year multiple times. So it's kind of like an unfinished game that they're trying to finish as the year goes by and they try to fix the bugs in it as it goes. And it's, it's difficult for them as a company, obviously, because, you know, it's a video game. So if, if bugs do happen, which happens with every single game, they have to like find a way to fix the code for the game to make this thing better or worse. Mm-hmm. In FIFA 21, there was a period where um, I remember I was being stubborn and uh, I used to play uh, the 4-4-2 flat. So it's four, obviously, defenders, four midfielders, two up top. And uh, at the time, there was this uh, five-back meta, let's say, uh, which, is, which is basically the most effective formation you can use in the game. And it was so disgusting to play against because basically what happens is when you're attacking you are basically attacking a park the bus formation right and it's very hard to break down no matter how good you are at attacking it was very very hard to score and you saw that this formation was you know working for a lot of people that it wasn't working with before but the formation helped them win games and i was kind of on that train where i was like no i will not be this ratty type of player that will use this formation looking back at it, i was like i finished great seeding in fifa 21 and I think for myself, I could have finished better if I actually used those, used that formation specifically right. in some games, because why put yourself at a disadvantage? And that's kind of like where I'm at right now with FIFA. It's like, I look at what's very effective at this top, top level, and I don't care what it is. I got to try to learn it. I got to try to adapt to it. I got to try to fit it somewhere in my game plan where if necessary, I need to use it. It's there. I know how to play with it, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's formations, it's, it's the tactics that you use, it's the play style that you play. Um, uh, sucks for me, at least, because FIFA doesn't reward attacking players. But um, I like to think of myself as a very attack-minded player. My goal is always go forward, score goals, score goals. Uh, with FIFA, the more defensive you are, the easier games are for you. Because if you concede less, obviously, you don't have to worry about scoring so much. Right. My, yeah. my, my offense is score more than your opponent. It's always how I've been. It's always how I will be. I just like scoring goals. Yeah. So how do you know you're improving? 
What do you do to measure uh, your, your results? Your results tell you whether you're improving or not. Like if I wanted to sit down and look at last year and look at this year, I, I regressed. If anything, I didn't go forward. And I know the reasons why. And I sat down with myself and I sat down with my gameplay and I'm like, okay, this is what I did wrong. This is what I need to fix up for the years to come. Um, but yeah, your results basically paint a picture. You can be a good slash great FIFA player. And even though, you know, in practice, you're going crazy and you're beating all these guys and you're doing well, blah, blah, blah. Um, when the actual day comes, you need to put those results into, you know, you need to put that gameplay or what you practice on into effect. And you, your, your record will show for that. Your wins, your losses, your draws will show whether you did good or you did bad. Do you um, scout your other opponents, how they play, like their style, like watching their games? Sometimes. Yeah. So depending on who it is, if it's a higher caliber player, I would say, and, and obviously it's no disrespect to anybody who plays the game in general, but if I know I'm playing someone that's ranked one, uh, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, for example, in North America, I'm going to go try and see what I can get from their gameplay or what things that they do that I need to be cautious of when playing them. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll do it when necessary because Again, why you, you got to give yourself the best advantage because at the end of the day, in EMLS at least, when we play EMLS, it's one leg of FIFA. It's one leg, and one leg can be so, so cruel. And it was the downfall of me this year, sadly. Um, it's hard because you can't, you don't have the second leg or the return leg per se to fix what you did wrong in the first. It's one leg and done. That's it. So, um, yeah, if you have to scout your opponent or you feel like they're doing something that you, that you need to be careful of, it's it helps you in game. It can save you from conceding goals. It can save you from, it can also give you the boost of scoring some, for example. So yeah, for sure. Now, have you ever had any like joint injuries or things like that? Uh, I played, played a qualifier with COVID recently. Um, joint injuries, not really. It's hard to, it's hard to break your finger unless you punch a wall. So uh, I played one qualifier. I think it was last year with, um, I want to say like a fractured wrist, but a bruised, uh, like a bruised wrist, kind of difficult when you got to move your fingers very fast because the controller yeah. feels weird in your hand, but uh, nothing crazy. No, I've never, never had to go through any of that. Now, did you have to, were, was there play going on during Ramadan? And did that affect the strategy of the way you played? Thankfully, thankfully, we had no tournaments during Ramadan. So EMLS Cup happened right before Ramadan, four days before. Mm -hmm. um, so that was great. And then uh, we actually have a qualifier this weekend, which which I've been preparing for, and that one's for EA. Um, but no, during Ramadan, thankfully, last year, we, we had a tournament, and it wasn't EMLS also, it was an EA event during Ramadan the year before that as well. But this year, we, we kind of got a nice break from this like overload schedule because mm -hmm. – Starting January, it was EMLS, qualifier, EMLS, qualifier, like them talking like one or right. two weeks apart. Right. And then we had EMLS, not EMLS, we had a qualifier in February. And then in March, we had EMLS the week after we had a qualifier. And now we get we got this like a long break right. um, until the, the last qualifier of the year for us, at least. So it's kind of all compacted in these three months and these weekends, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have a coach or a mentor that you um, kind of work with? Mentor, not really. Coach uh, for for my EMLS games, at least. Yeah, I had a coach. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Hamad. Um, it's good to have a coach because the coach can point out things that you're doing in-game that are good and are bad. Um, they kind of can give you a heads up. I think this is the second last year I didn't play with a coach. This year I played with a coach because I felt like, you know, you need that kind of second set of eyes, that second brain to let you know, like, hey, things are going good. Hey, things are going bad. And as weird as it sounds, like sometimes people will be like, oh, man, you don't need a coach for video games. I'm like, uh, 
you sometimes you really do when you play at this level and you know everything is so fast paced and it's like right. you you kind of do would rather have that extra help than you know kind of put yourself at a handicap and not have it so yeah no it's 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 a good thing to have so how much time do you have when you do those kind of series one series two and the how much time in between games do you have typically uh so league series one um it's over i think the online portion of it was two days it was like a wednesday and a tuesday and a wednesday or a wednesday and a thursday i think it, no it was tuesday and wednesday so it was tuesday and wednesday you played seven games in a row on tuesday and then you played six games in a row on wednesday and it's 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 literally back to back to back to back so you basically have like kind of like a five minute or 10 minute maximum period between each game right and then you got to play the next one and obviously wow. every opponent is different yeah so is that when the coach can come in and say hey you're, you're doing this a lot maybe you should try this is that kind of where you rely on them there and also during games. So the coach is usually on like, because we play the online portion of it, at least online, the coach is right. on the same call oh, with Mike me. He, yeah. he just doesn't speak during the game. He speaks during pauses or at halftime. So okay. that's typically when the coach will like give his input of what he sees or what he thinks you're doing wrong, what you think, what he thinks is you're doing right. Um, and then obviously during that period before the next match, I'll, I'll sit with my coach, you know, obviously hydrate myself, make sure that, you know, I don't use the bathroom or any of that stuff. Um, right. But I'll sit there and be like, hey, you're playing, you know, this isn't that next. Be careful for one, two, three. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to that. And we go into the next one. But, yeah, that's why I was saying earlier, like, it's so easy to fall into that pit of, you know, losing your head because you don't have time to bring your head back in if you've lost it. If you lose one, two, three on the bounce, you got to sit there and be like, all right, this is a new game again. Even though you got to put behind whatever happened, you still have you know, another four in the end of the night and you still have to play these. You have to try to get the best of, of you know, the best result you can get from them. Um, yeah, it works better for some people because if you're hot on the day, if you have the hot hand right. on the day, you'll kind of run through everybody. If you don't have the hot hand on the day and things are slow for you, you, you will struggle. And I've been on both ends of it. I've been on the hand where I've had the hot hand for the day and I've been on the, ha- on the end right. where nothing seems to work for me. So, yeah. How long are the official competition matches? I think uh, EA, I think we are six minute, six minute halves. So each game typically lasts 20 minutes, I would say, give or take with the, you know, ball being out and the clock stopping and all that stuff. But right. 20 minutes, I would say, is the is the proper estimate for if you want to include like, you know, pauses and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's six minute halves each. Right. So I noticed this season looking at like the standings, you played 25 or at least it showed you played 25 matches. Is that? Is that 25 kind of... sounds about right. Okay. And so can you kind of just describe uh, for our listeners kind of how the EMLS is structured? I know we kind of talked about it. it's like these three months and you have um, some things, but just kind of tell them like, okay, so these are the things you have to do to get to become the tops in EMLS. So the breakdown for EMLS, um, the events are there's EMLS 1, EMLS 2, and then uh, EMLS Cup. And this year they introduced a system where even if you had a very awful time um, uh, online, you still had a chance to qualify for the live event, which is in person. So it's split into an online portion and a um, an in-person event. So Tuesday and Wednesday was typically the days for, let's say, EMLS 1. You play everyone in the league once, not on the same day, not on that. But you, you, overall for EMLS 1 and 2 combined, you play everyone once. They split it 13 games for EMLS 1, 12 games for EMLS 2. Um, you play every opponent. Uh, you play one game home, so you'll be the you'll be the host server, 
And then the next game you'll play away. So you play on someone else's server and then back and forth, back and forth until basically that's, that's how the cookie crumbles. And um, based on how many points you got from each one, so EMLS and EMLS 2, EMLS 1 and 2, obviously, respectively, after your 13 games, whoever finished top four on in the overall leaderboard got their kind of like, let's say, buy or spot into the live event, which was on mm-hmm. the weekend, uh, that same weekend. And that was in person, not online. So whoever finished top four after day two, which is the Wednesday after the 13 games, whoever finishes top four, they get put into the bracket for um, for the EMLS uh, League Series 1 trophy or the, the, the event, the tournament. And then all the remaining players, the, rem- the remaining, what is mm-hmm. it, 22 players, get split into four groups, depending on what group you're in. Uh, the Friday, I think it was, or Saturday, Saturday, uh, at at the event, basically, uh, these 22 players would compete for the final eight spot. So it was four groups. Kind of like the group stage we see in World Cups and stuff like that? Basically, yeah. Top two from each group make it up, uh, make it to the um, the EMLS event, which would, which would be a tournament, uh, championship Sunday is what we call it. So you have the Series 1, the Series 2, the last qualifiers. Your standings basically work. You win games, you lose games, you draw. And it's the same point system we see in MLS. Yeah, it's the same point system you see pretty much anywhere. You win one, you get three points. You draw, you get a point, you lose, you get none. Um, and typically the way the way it worked for Cup is you played, so went over playing 13 games for League Series 1, and then the remaining 12 games, so the other 12 players from the league that you haven't played yet, you play there in League Series 2. And so it doesn't, you can go 0-14 or 0-13, let's say, in League Series 1. If you go 13-0 and in League Series 2, you get that top four spot for League Series 2. So they treat... League Series 1 and 2 is two separate events. So whatever happened here, ignore. Whatever happens here is a new slate. But for Cup, which is March, they combine the results from both. Got it. And based on and based on where you are after the results are combined for Cup, I think it was top, top 11. Exactly. So top 11 from the whole entire table of 20, 26 players. Top 11 after you combine the results from League Series 1 and League Series 2. Top 11 get their automatic spot into, into Cup, depending on their seating. And then the 12th spot... Everyone else plays for the day before the tournament for that last spot. And that's typically how it works. Yep. Yeah. And so tell our listeners kind of maybe somebody who's not played FIFA, how it works as far as like selecting your team. Like you already talked about using a 4-4-2 a lot. Is there, besides the formation, are there certain players that you like, you always play with or certain ones that you pick out that fit your style? So for EMLS, we have squad restrictions where, so we don't obviously load up the game and I play with Charlotte and my opponent plays with Philly or I load up Charlotte and my opponent plays with, um, you know, New York, for example, Red Bulls. Um, We have restrictions of uh, an ultimate team, which is basically uh, a mode where you can basically build any team that you want. You can have player, you can have players like Mbappe and Messi and icons like Ronaldo and Ronaldinho and et cetera, et cetera. And you can build your own team. So we get this mode and ultimate team where you can, these players have cards and they can have special cards, for example, but our restrictions were, if I'm not mistaken, it was six MLS players at all times um, that included your goalkeeper. So depending on what cards you had available at the time in ultimate team is what you could build your team with. Sadly for us, we didn't have any special Charlotte cards. So I never had to, I never, never was able to use a Charlotte card in any of these tournaments, but typically like you had the likes of like Gareth Bale, uh, who was, very common in a lot of people's teams. Cards like Kaylini, who plays for LA. He had like a midfielder card, special midfielder card in the game that was really good. 
But yeah, typically it's that you get two icons or retired players, which are basically your Brazilian Ronaldo, for example. You could use someone like Pele, someone like Woodfullet. Um, mm. You know, you had your pick at however you wanted to build this team. You just had these restrictions you have to follow. And typically that's how it is. And in game, there was a restriction as well that you can't sub out an MLS player for a normal player. Like you can't sub out. Let's say uh, if I if, if I was using Swiderski, I can't sub out Swiderski and you and put in Mbappe for him. You like right. it's not how it works. You take an MLS player out, an MLS player has to come on. If I take Swiderski right. off, I got to put someone else on um, from the MLS, and that's typically very similar to MLS rules, right? You can only have certain slots for certain players, mm-hmm, kind of like the Thanks. designated players and etc. Right. right. So, is there anything that other any things that people don't really know or think about when they hear about somebody playing esports professionally that, that you kind of want to like call to their attention? Well, one, it does exist. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, other than that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more than what meets the ear per se. I know a lot of people are like, man, like, you know, how can this be a thing? And I, I, I see a lot of people like, you know, crazy about the fact that, you know, video games are like this prominent. And at the end of the day, you're talking about global companies that have a very, very wide audience and the competitive aspect of any video game, whether it's FIFA, Call of Duty, et cetera, it brings a different light to the game, um, especially for the people who are, you know, they're talented at what they do. You you kind of have to have these this competitive scene for them where they can test their abilities, they can excel, they can be recognized for, you know, what they do, and what they, you know, what they've achieved. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a nice thing to to be a part of, and it's also one that we've seen grow over the past couple of years, and it's another way to I guess showcase the world or you know the gamers around the world what you know what level these players are at or what the these guys doing and you know the passion that they have for what they do and et cetera et cetera. So it's it's something amazing to be a part of, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what do you need to do to reach that final 12 next year? What do I need to do? Hey, um, I, I have very, very high faith in myself. And, um, you know, I, I think this year in particular, you look back at it and you're like, man, I wish I could go back to this day and do it again. Or, man, I wish I, I didn't do this that day. Or, man, I should have done that. Like, there's always that, you know, the what if, the what if. And in my, mm-hmm. in my belief or, you know, for me, I always say, the what if comes from the devil in terms of, you know, you can't think of the what ifs. You got to put it behind you, learn from your mistakes, move on to the next one. And um, it's it's one of those like EA, not EA, the EMLS in general, it's, it's a different league. It's a different, I guess, adaptation for me compared to what I'm used to because one of squad restrictions and two, the format in typical uh, FIFA online qualifiers, all the, you get to play your opponent twice always. So you know, you have that kind of leeway where, you know, I get to feel my opponent out for the first leg. And if I do well against him, I just have to, you know, tight, you know, keep it tight in the mm-hmm. second leg. And, you know, I went on aggregate, move on. Whereas in, in, in the EMLS scene, you know, you have that one leg, you either get it right or you don't get it right. There's no in between. Right. You have to fix it on the spot. You have to figure out what you're doing wrong then and there and try to get a result. I think top 12 is very manageable. It's just a matter of, uh, again, the mental keeping your head, like, you know, the top, top players, I, I played against uh, most of the guys that are in that top 12. I think the maximum margin I've lost to any of them was maybe by two. And against arguably for me, the like one of the best players who were in the scene, Lambs, I seem to always be able to draw against them and this close coming to a win against them, which is 
really, really good regardless, just because, right. you know, it shows that even at this high, high level, you know, this kid made both of these finals. He made the first final for the first league series and he made the final for the second. And these are competitive games and you're able to get these draws. You just got to figure out how to get those draws into wins, how to turn the losses into draws and the draws to wins and et cetera. Um, it's really a matter of where you put, I think for myself, at least where I keep my head in those situations, because I always have to remind myself like, Hey, you lost this game, you drew this game, whatever the case may be, you still have six more to go. You still have five more to go. You still have four more to go. So obviously I gotta I gotta figure out what what right. it is exactly what the winning solution is. But no, I back myself against any of these guys. I know, I know what I performed that this year for myself at least is an underachievement, especially where I want to be, but it's it's very manageable in my opinion. Well, you were on the backside of a lot of one one goal matches, so unfortunate for that but like you said just one little switch or something and all of a sudden you're up a goal or you tie versus mm-hmm. losing or you know winning and, and tying as people on this podcast know i used to work with the minecraft education team and they brought in esports and basically minecraft is game-based learning which is pretty cool and i used to do some stuff on the professional development side i feel like there's a gameful mindset that's out there that a lot of us don't even know or maybe we we kind of tap into I feel like you probably have that. And I'm wondering if you do that in your everyday life and not just gaming. So when I say a game for mindset, I mean that continuous feedback that happens when you play a game, like every single action that you do, another player does, you're getting that feedback constantly. You're also failing all the time. Like you said, as there's constant things where, you know, it's perfectly acceptable to fail. So that's like a mindset of a, of a gamer. Uh, the inquisitiveness, like curiosity of trying things out and seeing well, what does this do and how does this work? Um, mm-hmm. You also, you know, a lot of times you can get stuck, but you can go online or ask somebody else and they can kind of help you like, oh, this is what happened where you can see yourself. And then also part of that kind of gameful mindset is just having a growth mindset that you can get better. And I guess the last two things that are part of that gameful mindset is being able to be in flow. Like you talked about mentally, like optimizing your experience by being in that state of flow where you're only focused on that and allows you to kind of zone in um, in your play. Do you have that gameful mindset in your life? Because obviously you have it when you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, I think I would, I would say, yeah, for almost every point that you've mentioned, I feel like, I feel like you, I feel like in our everyday life, regardless, you kind of live in a, not a risk and reward system, but you do kind of, I guess, you kind of learn or progress based on the feedback that you get from things that happen in your life, the people that you deal with, the conversations that you have, your achievements. Like for example, for any working person, you know, if you're doing good at your job, you won't be able to recognize that yourself unless someone recognizes it for you. And so like, for example, in your everyday, you know, work life, if you feel like you're excelling at your job, you're going to have something to show for it, if that makes sense. And it's the same thing with, you know, conversations you have with people. If you talk to someone and they don't respond to you, there's a problem. But if you talk to someone, you have this conversation where you're learning and you're developing. Right. Like I keep an open mind for the most part with anyone that I speak to. If I speak to someone who I feel like has more knowledge than me in a certain area, I would, I'm the type of person that will sit down, listen, see what I can absorb from, from them, see what, see what I can learn from them, what insight I can get from them. Because they're, for example, let's say more experienced, more knowledgeable than I am. It's something that I can do. And in, in FIFA, even, for example, I've always liked to play people who I think are, are at the same level or better than me, because if they do something that's better than, you know, or they're more effective at something than I am, I'd like to learn how exactly is it that they became this effective at this, what I can do to improve myself. And it's like you said, I think it's, 
most things that you do in everyday life, I think I, I do have that mindset where, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like a game. Life is a game at the end of the day. Life isn't, people can say whatever they want, but life ain't that serious for me. Life is, right. life is about learning. Life is about, you know, growing, growing yourself as a person. Um, obviously trying to excel at everything that you do. And, you know, in terms of like, for example, uh, I always tell people this, you don't turn your con, I don't turn my console off to lose games. I turn my console off to compete and hopefully, you know, try to get the best results that I can, or basically do the best that I can. It's the same thing with every single day. I don't wake up, you know, expecting to have a bad day or I don't wake up, you know, anticipating that, you know, life is, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to curse or say anything bad, mm-hmm. but et cetera. You kind of wake up. Right, with the and you want to have fun too. Yeah. How can I, how can I make my job more entertaining? How can I, you know, go about my day? What can I learn today? What can I do better today? Et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, no, hundred percent. So what's the hardest thing about being an EMLS player for Charlotte? Uh, there's always, I want to say it's hard. It's kind of, I, I demand a lot for myself and it's, it's not just in FIFA, it's anything that I do. And when you have that, I wouldn't say weight, but that, you know, in the back of your head, you know, you know, you're representing a football club and it's such a great honor for me. And I'm so happy that I've got this opportunity from Charlotte and I have, you know, trust of Charlotte to be able to do this, uh, for the second year in a row, obviously, but um, there's always that in the back of your head. We're like, yeah, I want to do good because I want to make them proud of their decision. I want them to look at me and be like, yes, he's doing good for us. Yes, he's doing this. So there's always that kind of pressure in the back of my head. And especially for myself, at least, because I know where I put myself, where I rank myself in terms of, you know, my FIFA abilities. So there's always that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest part of it, just being able to perform at the level that I feel like I promised the club, if that makes sense. So like, I always want to give them my all, no matter what, and it's, whether it's in, in competing in the MLS or competing in, in EA events, I carry this name per se. So that's, I think the most difficult thing. And in terms of like EMLS, the adaptation is always going to be the, the hardest thing in terms mm-hmm. of just gameplay, pure gameplay. Adapting is arguably the hardest thing that you can do in FIFA, especially when, you have to play, you know, 25 other people. Nobody plays FIFA the same way. You got to figure out how to get the best out of the matches that you have. Now, are you, you're under contract for a certain amount of time or is that kind of how it works? Is it year to year? Typically it's year to year. Yeah. So typically the, the, the way I think it's, it's the majority of us in the league, regardless, I think there's only the maximum I've ever heard of maybe. And it's like rumor is two years, but you, you, there's no, no set um, I guess no long-term contracts per se. It's always year to year with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is year to year. So at the end of the day, you know, you gotta you gotta do well. <laughs> you gotta perform. And are players ever traded? Necessarily trades. We don't. I don't think we have that in the league. Uh, it's more of it's more of uh, the the harsh. You don't get signed. The harsh term is you get dropped, <laughs> right. um, or you get axed, right. and then you potentially, obviously, could you know reach out to other clubs and be like, hey, I'm a free agent you know, this is what I have, this is what I bring right. to the table and et cetera, et cetera. We've seen a lot of faces bounce a lot around the league a lot. I know someone personal he used to play for one of my good friends. He's played for New York Red Bulls and then he moved to Houston and now he plays for Seattle. Oh. So it happens where, you know, you can play, represent more than one club, but I've always said this, mm-hmm. always said this and I always stick, I will stick by it regardless. It's Charlotte for me or nothing. Like I will not represent any other club period in EMLS, no matter who it is no matter how much money they throw on my face, it's Charlotte, period. That's it. Like, it's the only club where I feel like I have that one connection in terms of a close connection with and something where I hold dear to my heart because it's not just 
just, just not just a random club that I'm playing for. It's a club that, you know, I support a club that I watch a club that I root for. So winning for me is a double win. Whereas losing is obviously right. a double loss, but winning for me is a double win and doing right. well is, you know, both on both ends. Cause I'm not just happy that I performed, I'm happy that I performed for this club. So it's Charlotte or nothing for me. It always will be. Well, looking kind of just at, at, at your life and the stage you are right now, including playing esports, what would you like to do that you haven't done yet? Ooh, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. I don't, I don't really know. I think of, I, w- I wouldn't say that I've done everything in my life, but you know, I, I've got married, I'm married, I'm happily married. So, you know, that's that. I got a kid on the way as well. So there's exactly. something that's happening for me as well. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, I think one of the biggest things that I've chased, especially when I knew that I was good at it, was obviously this FIFA role per se. And I know I have that now and I don't take it for granted ever. And I want to do it for as much as I can. My thing is, as long as I have something that involves footy in my life, I kind of have that nice balance between work and what I like to do for fun. Right. In terms of what I, it's, it's, it's one of those, I got to sit down with myself like, yeah, what haven't I done yet? What right. do I, what do I want to do? What I haven't, I like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. All right. So now it's time for our stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Do you have a must do personal ritual either for a match or just in your life? For games, for example, not really necessarily a ritual, but I just like to be hydrated. I like to eat before games. I like to make sure that I'm, you know, prepared per se but there's no set ritual i like to shower before my games uh if it, let's say that i like to shower before i know i have a big day of games uh i get to sit in the shower cool off you know let the stress out before i have this you know this tornado i gotta run through right uh favorite unplugged activity favorite unplugged activity would probably be going out on drives i'm a, I'm a car guy so i like taking my car out for a spin every now and then i also like you know hanging out with my wife those two go hand in hand so yeah yeah. Nice. Do you have a go-to snack either while watching a match or while playing? While you obviously not eating while playing. <laughs> if I'm if it's competitively, I like to have uh, healthy stuff. Like I, I I will prefer to have like apples and peanut butter or just a banana if I'm like competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of watching actual soccer, uh, it's Chex Mix. Okay. Uh, and popcorn sometimes. That's pretty much it. All right. What uh what component of design impresses you more, interior or exterior? Interior. Has to be interior. All right. Do you find starting a project or finishing one more gratifying? Uh finishing a project, yeah. Okay. Definitely. What recharges you? Uh stepping away from whatever it is that I'm doing. I need it doesn't matter what it is. Uh I could take a walk outside and I'm recharged, but that's all I need really. All right, last one. If you were a current player on Charlotte FC, what player would you most be like? Hmm. Let's say, I see it's tough right now because Joswiak is in form, but I'd like to say Joswiak because for the longest, for the longest, I was, wouldn't say an enemy of him, but it was up and down with him. So <laughs> that's kind of me right now. It's up and down. I've had my ups, I've had my downs, and now we're on the way back up. So I would say Joswiak. Nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Finally made it happen. Ramadan's over and, you know, it was it was a great pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me. Sure.
What a great guy to represent Charlotte FC in the esports world. If you want to follow Khaled Ali, you can follow him on Twitter at K-H-A-L-E-D-A-L-I underscore 97. And then also at twitch.tv at C-L-T-F-C underscore K-H-A-L-E-D. Hope you all enjoy the match tonight against the LA Galaxy and continue to come back and listen to all the interesting people that we get to talk to on the Charlotte FC podcast.